Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast, where your hosts connect you with inspirational women from around the globe and chat about topics relevant to today's modern woman. Here are your hosts. Hi, everyone. I'm Jules, the CEO of Julie Clyde Creative. We help brand female entrepreneurs to stand out from everyday brands and logos. And today I'm hanging out with my bestie, Megan, who is amazing. You're amazing too. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) So hi, I'm Megan Hall, the founder of Megan Hall Motivation. I help busy working women overcome the overwhelm of life by teaching them habits and routines they can easily implement. And today we are interviewing a good friend of mine who also, um, I mentioned her in my episode, episode number two of the podcast, how she started me on my little journey. Her and Jules were the biggest cheerleaders of like, Megan Home Motivation, let's go, yay, yay, yay. Um, so this is Casey. Casey McCoy is the owner and chief community curator at Happy Casey Productions, LLC. And I have, we're going to have a fun story in a little bit about that. Um, she is a quirky blend of a dreamer and a doer, a creative entrepreneur with enthusiasm and energy for miles. And that is true. That's why we get along so well. <laughs> she is married to a handsome active duty sailor and is also the mom of a beautiful cat, Gus. And Gus is gorgeous. And I love, <laughs> but she's scared of me. Uh, <laughs> she's scared of everyone and everything. <laughs> Casey has over a dec- decade of creative marketing consulting and public speaking experience happy casey productions is a creative marketing and consulting company that provides small as well as large companies with services such as blogging social media management email and email campaigns current happy casey production clients include every industry from accountants to therapists to cell phone charging kiosk businesses and more and bag and hall motivation So, Casey, you are getting ready to do a rebrand on Happy Casey Productions. And I would love, yeah, I told you, Jules, this would be something you'd be excited about. Uh, I saw it yesterday on your Facebook. I was like, yay! (laughs) I would love for you to share with our audience what made you decide to do a rebrand. Because I think despite whether our audience, uh, they're business owners or not business owners, that it's a really awesome story of what made you decide to do that. Okay, yeah, so this rebrand was something I really didn't see coming. Um, I started out in business kind of by default because I was very underwhelmed by the job I was in, and I just kind of rushed into it. I didn't pre-plan it. I didn't sit on it for weeks, days, months, years. I literally had a meeting, said, okay, I'll start a business, got my business license the very next day and launched and just ran with it. So fast forward six and a half years later (laughs) from that point, um, I went to this workshop and it was called Ditch the Pitch. And it's supposed to be um, just kind of reframing your little elevator pitch and making it more clear and concise and easier to digest for people. Because I was finding myself going to networking events and trying to really grow my network and expand my business quite a bit this past year. And I just started to ramble when I would start talking to someone. So I wanted just a way to kind of repackage it and have a pretty little bow on it and make it easy for people to understand because they'd say, well, what do you do? Marketing. Well, that's really vast. What do you mean by that? Um, well, everything. <laughs> you know, and the eyes glaze over and you're like, and I lost you. So I went to this workshop and I got so much more than I bargained for, but I will, but I can see it already is that like really important pivot point for me 
that I'm going to look back on for years and be grateful for. Um, so at this workshop, the facilitator, who's amazing and kind and wonderful, but very just like blunt, honest, truthful lady too. She was going around the room and we were getting ready to do our initial pitch to the room to see how we could tweak it later. And she, before I even started, she just kind of cut me off. And she said, wait a minute. She looked at my table tent with my name on it and my business name. And she said, happy Casey. And she kind of wrinkled her nose and said, what does that even mean? And I was like, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and she's like, wait a minute. Let's see if the people in the room want to be able to guess what you do. Let's, let's just see if people can guess what you do. And the lady in front of me turned around and said, oh, do you do like little kids events and parties? No, I sure don't. And then a gentleman who um, maybe do film and video. And I said, no, I don't do film and video. And it just kind of set in suddenly of, oh, oh, I'm not projecting myself or my business in a way that makes sense to people, which is fine. At the place I'm at and 90% of business coming from referrals and being people I've known forever or being referred to people they've known to one level in this tier of business, it doesn't matter what the name of my company is. It really didn't matter. However, we got to the, through this workshop, realize if I wanna jump into the next tier and go to the level that I wanna go to, um, and achieve what I want to achieve, something's got to change. So I left that day in tears, called Megan <laughs> crying, because um, it really flipped my world upside down. And I was just angry more at myself than anything. Kind of a marketing person am I if I can't brand myself? What is that? <laughs> brand branding, though, is very different to marketing, which is something yeah. that I've been learning over the last like 10 years, I, I can brand a whole heap of people, but when it comes to marketing, I can do the flies and that sort of thing. But marketing <laughs> now is so different to how it used to be that you have to be up with it and constantly mm -hmm. going. It's a whole different ball game now. Yeah. Yeah. There, there definitely is a separation there. And so um, I just, I took a little day or an afternoon to be angry and mourn. <laughs> And cry a lot and complain and then the next day I said okay there's something to this so I've got to make some changes so I dive in diving in man <laughs> what else That's do you awesome. do I really just said to Casey so do you feel like this hits home and she's like yes I was like so what can you do about it because obviously there's some truth behind what she's saying even though she might have said it in a way that I probably would have been offended as well because I'm such a like you know, happy, bubbly person, just like Casey had been like, I yeah. do motivate people, woman. <laughs> one, right? One thing she said that made me go, oh, crap, what am I doing? She's like, you're trying too hard. She's like, when you walk into a room, we know you're happy, Casey. Like, you have that going on for yourself. <laughs> She's like, you don't need to put that in your business name at all. And I was like, oh, yeah, and there there's a lot of psychological, emotional, you know, reasons back behind that of where, why I put that name in there in the first place. Um, and it was because I wanted to try too hard. I had something to prove. So. That, that was me. I was capturing essence photography when I first started. And that was 
probably for a good six years. And it got to the point, I was talking to Chris one day and I said, I don't just do photography. Like, yes, capturing essence photography kind of speaks for itself, but I'm so sick of having to spell capturing essence to people. <laughs> said, it's not a name that they could easily remember or type down. Right. And I said, ultimately, I'd love it to be Julie Clyde something. And that was how we ended up having to evolve and rebrand here as well. It was the same, exactly the same thing. It was, well, what do you, what's capturing essence? And you go, we're a photography company. But what does that mean? It's like, well, we capture the essence of people. And some people would go, ooh. <laughs> and others would get it and they'd be okay with it. But, yeah, right. it, was, it was that point that you go, oh, that really hurts. And I, I don't really like people doing that to me and asking me what I do all the time. So, yeah, yeah, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little uncomfortable, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, but once you start getting, oh, sorry. <laughs> I going to say, once you start getting clear, you'll find that people will start organically coming in again, and it not isn't just through your referral network anymore. It's people that have heard or seen your work somewhere and have gone, we know your your brand and your work already, and it just starts coming in. Right. We know that Megan motivates the crap out of people. You're a military spouse. What made you decide to become an entrepreneur? Were you an entrepreneur before you were a military spouse? Did that play into it? Or tell us more about that. Um, so I've always had that little bit of an entrepreneur spirit in me. My parents were entrepreneurs. I was like begging them to help do their books when I was 10 years old. Like I've been obsessed with business for a long time. Um, and started, I didn't do like babysitting and normal kid stuff, like little kid jobs. I was like building a card making business in seventh grade and like bracelets and all kinds of stuff. Um, so I always knew I wanted to own a business, but I just didn't know what it was. And it was really, it like I said, it was kind of out of default. We had moved here very suddenly. We had like three weeks notice. Oh, by the way, you're going to Virginia. You're not staying in Florida after all. So we got here, I was like, I need a J-O-B, went to a staffing company, got placed at this janitorial supply distributorship. Where, I, yeah, yeah, Megan, your face right now. <laughs> I literally talked about toilet paper all day, every day. Not my cup of tea. Can Very I say that's a shit job? <laughs> <laughs> like literally, no, I couldn't take it seriously. And people get really angry about toilet paper. It's really insane. <laughs> They will yell and scream and curse at you left and right. And I would just giggle because I can't take it that seriously. It's It literally goes down the toilet at the end of the day. It's not that serious. I couldn't handle it. I just couldn't handle it. So um, while I was there, one of the sales associates that I assisted noticed because I was just begging for any creative opportunity because I'd previously been a graphic designer and photographer for a real estate company. And I loved that job. So he was like, you're not really getting to utilize a lot of your creative skills. I have some friends that are entrepreneurs, side hustle. And I was like, yes, please get me the heck out of here. <laughs> and he did. He helped me. And he regretted it later when I quit. <laughs> it was like, no, what did I do? But he was like, also really proud of me too. So it all worked out. That's awesome. Here's your exit strategy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't go. <laughs> right? Thank you, George. I will never be able to say thank you enough to that man. Like, he was so helpful. 
um, and so generous and kind to me, and he still is. So I think the world of him. It, gives it, makes me- a huge, it makes a huge difference when your employer steps up and says, I want you to do this while you're working here, like whatever this is. Because my, again, it's a, you have a very similar story. My um, bridal store manager or owner, I was managing her store, said to me, I want you to have your cards, your photography and like your design stuff in my shop. And wow. it was like a joint, um, a joint, what are they called? Venture. Right? Venture. That's it. I'm like investment. That's not the right word. Yeah, joint venture <laughs> that benefited her by having me working in her shop because I did the Monday to Friday, but then it gave me my creative outlet on the weekend, which I think she knew something I didn't at the time. <laughs> but that's really nice. how I built my business in Australia because I could sit and talk to brides and then say, do you have a photographer for your wedding day? And they go, no. Do you know someone? Well, you've just been talking to one for the last hour. But, <laughs> but it worked really well from there. So Nice. Yeah. yeah. And then I left. <laughs> It, it gives me hope to see the two of you because a lot of times as an entrepreneur, I struggle because I'm like, where, where are the results? Why aren't they happening now? And then you two remind me like, Megan, you've only been like in business with this business for like seven months. <laughs> what are you doing? Because both of you have been in business for a while. I mean, Jules has been in business for like 10 years. You've been in business for like six and a half years that it doesn't happen overnight. And it takes time to build that up. And those people that we see that are like overnight successes, they're not really, they had something that built them to that point. Or they were an overnight success, but then they crash and burn like five seconds later. So it gives me hope to see the two of you that have been like building your businesses to where you get to this point to where now it's like, boom, both of you are just like exploding all over the place. And it's like so exciting. It really is. It's so exciting. And I, I love how creative the two of you are. So Casey, have you, I know Jules has always been like a creative, writey, artsy person forever have you always been a creative writey artsy person as well (laughs) yes yes creative writey artsy all of that (laughs) always (laughs) tertiary cut and paste degree (laughs) (laughs) i'm good at making up my own words (laughs) i like it i like it (laughs) i love it i like to call my job adult kindergarten I love that you started this business and you had reasons for it originally, but you've kind of outgrown those reasons. They no longer are the same reasons and you've you've had all this growth and you've had all these changes come about and you're like, okay, it's time. Like, happy Casey is done, it's time. We've had this fun. Yes, it was great for a while, but I need to really come into like this more um, elegant and modern uh Casey company and it's yeah Jules this is her her jam yeah I love these she was, yeah she was like freaking out last night over my branding guide like ah, I'm just like oh, I haven't even looked at it yet but I was I'm like oh my god I know it's gonna be amazing it's gonna blow my head off but so you're like going in this direction to where you're like okay I'm ready I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna be like look at I am official you can take me seriously because you work with, like we said in your introduction, a variety of people. You know, you have Mm -hmm. me who's a life coach, but then you work with huge companies and corporations. So it's got to be this brand that, you know, encompasses all of it, that the woo-woo, you know, artsy, pretty people like me are going to want to be um, (laughs) part of it. But then these big companies are going to be like, okay, I can can say this is my marketing person. She is Mm -hmm. like legit yeah how is that making you feel right now 
Um, it, it feels good. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited, and it's made me uh, kind of just suddenly realize and take a step back because I feel like I've just been kind of barreling through the past several years. I'm just always hustling, always looking to grow and expand in some way and do better. But I haven't really had a lot of time to step back and look at the the major progress and growth that I've been through in the past couple of years, especially. So it's made me step back and go, okay, like I've earned some confidence and I've look at my skills and where they were six years ago and where they are now. And oh my gosh, now I'm in that space where I can play on that tier and that level. And so I do need to get that in alignment with who I am and my experience level needs to project um, with the way I project myself in my business. And I just, I wasn't doing that. One of the things the lady at the workshop said to me that really hit me hard was she's a marketing director at a local, very large business. And she was like, I can't take you seriously. I could never hand you a check with your business name and the way that you're projecting yourself. And I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> okay, that hurts. My heart hurts a little bit, but I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Take I mean, the dagger back out of your chest. Right? Yeah, so, but- yeah, it, it feels good to be in that space and be kind of in a spot where I'm ready to jump to the next level but you don't want to get too far from who you really are because people won't be able to connect with that that's what makes you stand out amongst all of the other marketers and marketing companies out there because i know since my my brand is growing and becoming bigger i keep having them message me and i'm like i'm sorry i already have a marketing person no i'm sorry i already have a branding person (laughs) i do not need any of that because i have these tools available to me um but as you're you know, you're growing and all this stuff. You don't want to lose who Casey really is because nobody's going to connect with that. Like if you aren't, and I, te- I teach you guys this in my program anyways, if you're not authentically you, like who's going to connect with you? And what sets you apart is your quirkiness and your fun colored hair and, you know, your happy, bubbly personality because that draws people like me who's like, I want that versus these marketers that are really stuffy. And I'm just like, right. I don't want that. I want happy people. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's something that I, I had to explain to the lady. I said, you know, I'm not going to change who I am. I can project myself in a more professional manner and have a more like well thought out kind of um, brand. But I'm still I'm still fun and quirky and I will own that. Um, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to be some corporate stuffy whatever that I'm not. I just, I can't do it. It's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to, even if I wanted to try, <laughs> it just wouldn't work. Have you seen Kerwin Ray's videos? He's an Australian, um, he's like a social media guru now. Um, but I think you'll actually relate really well to some of his videos because everything he does is really um like authentically him to the point that when he's commenting on social media, if people are communicating with him via his pages or anything, he's the go-to guy. Like he's the man that will sit there and answer those messages. And he makes sure that everything's that like really authentic connection Mm -hmm. with everybody that he deals with. And what you're saying speaks very, very highly to exactly that, that 
like you and I, the way we run our business and the way that we do things is actually redefining business from what it was like five and ten years ago. But mm-hmm. it's whether you choose to go with the the changes or whether you decide to stay and be stuffy and not actually want to open up to the opportunity that's that's coming. Right, right. And I just I don't have I have zero desire to work with like massive corporations and I just I have to believe in what I'm marketing in order to do my best work. I really have to have that buy-in and there has to be something that draws me into it or I can't create things to help sell it. Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. It's the same with a brand. Like with anyone that I work with, like Megan, it took me probably about four or five weeks to get her mark, but it was because she wasn't quite clear yet but I knew behind the scenes that she was someone I wanted to invest my time and my my energy into because what she was growing and developing meant something to me. And a lot of my clients, I feel, is like that as well, that if I can't feel what they're doing, it's really hard to design something that will speak to them and speak to what they're doing, which is essential, Mm -hmm. as you know, behind a brand mark and behind a brand. That's how you build it is you work with those, the feelings and the what's not necessarily the who they are or what their logo looks like. It's the it's the essence of it. Mm-hmm. So I have to say that uh, Casey does a really good job and she does some copywriting as well at like understanding people's voices because she's done a few things for me that I was like, oh, that is, I would say that. Yes, that's that looks like a Megan thing. That looks like something that a Megan would do. Or I had her like reread a, a blog post I did and submitted to... Um, uh, Millie, Millie, I think it was Millie, right? Millie, yeah, uh, yeah. which is a military <laughs> spouse run. They help you when you're PCSing, which is uh, military for moving. For anybody in the audience that's not military, um, they help you when you PCS and help you find the place you know to live and stuff like that. It's really cool what they do. But I wrote a blog post for them and I had Casey review it and she did edits and the edits sounded like Megan. They didn't sound like you know, Casey sounds a lot like Megan, but not exactly. They sound, <laughs> they sounded like Megan, you know, in it. And I was like, that's really good. And both of you, I think, um, are really strong at, you know, seeing what your clients, who your clients really are and molding your message to meet their needs, not exactly you, which is, is fantastic. I love that. I think that's amazing. And I love what both of you do. You know, you both rock at what you do. And so... Casey, how, like, where did, what made you start with marketing? Why marketing? Why marketing? Because <laughs> I don't, I suck <laughs> at marketing, <laughs> as we all know. <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> um, I, I was a psychology major, so I've always been fascinated by people and what makes them tick the way they do, but it was also um, partial business major too, so it had that kind of, the psychology behind the way people buy and the way consumers act um, into it. Well, when I, I was a bit of, okay, so I was a bit of a gypsy in my early 20s. Right out of college, I was like, I'm just going to float around the world. I don't know where I want to live or what I want to do or who I am. So I just picked up and moved every couple of years. And um, in one of those moves, once again, when I went to find a job, I was just like, I'm going to go through a staffing company. They're going to place me. And I started at this real estate firm. Um, and 
the uh, graphics person and marketing person went on vacation um, after I had been there for about a month and a half or so. And they said, okay, she's going to be gone for a, about a week. Can you fill in and make some flyers? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty creative. I could do that. Well, um, I did that, and I cranked out more flyers in one day than she normally put out in a week. And so they switched our jobs when she came back from vacation, which was terribly awkward and horrible. She was such a sweet girl. Um, but they switched our roles and put her at the front desk and me back in the graphic design and marketing team. Um, and as I stayed there, I just kept asking for more jobs for more creative work. So they just kept giving it to me. So that's where I kind of fell in love with marketing. Um, and I knew I liked it and enjoyed it and had a passion for it. So when we, like I said, when we moved here, um, and I started begging for creative jobs at this the toilet paper place. Um, <laughs> that's how I refer to it. I can still go into public restrooms and come out and be like, did they have the pink sounding hand soap in the men's room too? That's the Gojo 9128D. And blah, blah, blah. My husband is like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> anyway. That's awesome. <laughs> it's just like it clogged my brain and it never came out. Um, so many other things I'd love to remember if I could get that out of my head, please. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that's where I knew I love marketing. So when my salesperson that I worked with introduced me to his friends, said, well, you know, what could you do for me? And I said, um, let me start you a Facebook page. Let me do some social media. I, I handled online marketing for 200 plus residential listings. I did all the flyers, all the photography, and all the online marketing for them. I'm good at this. And he said, okay, that sounds great. So it was what's it was just default. It's what I knew and I didn't really I mean I kind of flailed through it and I would take on other random things and be like, Okay, I don't like that. I'm not gonna do that ever again or <laughs> that kind of thing. I think enjoying what you do is crucial to being able to be successful at it because you see people who are miserable at their jobs or what they're doing or even running their own business, which makes no sense to me. Why run a business <laughs> that you hate because you can't fully show up if you are hating it. You know, there's a disconnect there and you're not going to see the success you could if you just enjoyed it so much. And Casey, you were mm -hmm. only the third military spouse we've ever interviewed because Jules and I had an interview. <laughs> but if we didn't have an interview, you you are technically our first person we've interviewed that is a military spouse. And we're going to be doing a um, we're going to be doing a podcast with Jules and I talking about being a military spouse as well coming up here mm. in the near future. But I would love to um, for you to share a little bit about your experience as a military spouse before we wrap this up with our audience, for anybody out there who either is a military spouse and is kind of feeling alone, or for our audience who don't know any military spouses and think we're all crazy, so. <laughs> Which is a legit fear. I feel like, um, I, so my husband and I have known each other for a million and one years, since we were like 11, <clears throat> and we're old, so it's been a long time. <laughs> but... <laughs> We, um, we didn't get married for a long time because I was, like, super noncommittal. Like I said, emotional issues, a lot of them, a lot of baggage there. Um, and so I avoided. I had a bunch of friends, a bunch of girlfriends who were active duty themselves. 
And I was always told, and I listened very well, of stay away from those crazy Navy wives. They're all insane. Um, you know, and you see different things on social media and you're like, okay, yeah, the, I want nothing to do with that. I've got my own thing. You've got yours. I'm just along for the ride. So I avoided it for a long, long time. And then the minute we got married, I was like, what is this alternate universe I have gotten myself into? I need all the answers. I don't understand these benefits. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I suddenly needed to like desperately needed to find my place within it. So I, um, I found compass and that was really my, my entrance into the military spouse world. And I'm so glad it was because it was such a wonderful experience. It was so positive. Um, you know, I went and took this class and I was worried about going to a class full of strangers and spending 12 hours of my life that week with them. I'm like this could be really terrible um i was i was like well i guess if i don't like it i don't have to go back the second or third night <laughs> but i did <laughs> it was amazing and they really blew me away with their compassion and kindness and resourcefulness and then i was like well holy crap i've been avoiding all these people all these years and they are some of the nicest best most intelligent loving kind human beings on the planet so <clears throat> it's really just finding what group fits fits for you. Because I've tried other groups and organizations and things like that. Um, I was very, very involved with my family readiness group. And I enjoyed it to an extent. But it didn't really, like, as Megan would say, fill my bucket. <laughs> it drained my bucket a lot. So um, just finding that group. And there are, yeah, there's bad seeds. I mean, there's there's one in every group, right? Um, and it kind of gives it a bad name, <laughs> but you have to, you have to give it a chance. I just, I feel like every group is different and you should give them an opportunity. My rule is go twice. So go once, give it, you know, get your first impression, but you never know what's happened right before you walk into a room. You never know what kind of day someone's had. We're all just human beings with all kinds of crap going on to deal with. So I think we should just give each other the benefit of the doubt. And so my rule is to go twice to make sure your first impression was legit and solid, um, you know, and make sure that it wasn't an off night or something terrible didn't just happen or someone didn't just have an uncomfortable conversation right before you walked into the room. So there's a lot of great military spouses out there. I know way more amazing ones than terrible ones. So <laughs> I highly recommend that people just get out there and give themselves that gift of, of giving people the benefit of the doubt and trying it. Military spouses are very resilient and I have to agree. It's like everything else, even the news. The news doesn't show you all the good stuff that's happening in the world. It just shows you the bad few things that are happening. And so then we're like, oh my gosh, if I get out of a plane, I'm going to crash. You know how many planes actually crash in the entire year? Like very, very few. You're more likely to get in a car crash. And it's kind of like in the military spouse world, you're more likely to meet a good military spouse than you are to meet like a not so awesome one. And you never know what's going on in their lives. And some of them are legitimate crazy, like bipolar. I've met a few. Uh, literally <laughs> bipolar. And I mean, like, they were, they have been, like, diagnosed as bipolar. Like, not even that I think they're bipolar. <laughs> they just don't take their meds. 
But there's there's gonna be, and I agree with you. And I met you via Compass, Casey, and it's a great for Navy spouses in the in the um, United States. If you're a Navy spouse, find a Compass group near you, um, and and get out there, learn more about the you know the life that we live because we don't get a handbook when we get married. Our husbands don't get our our spouses in case anybody is same sex and whoa whoa same sex marriages. <laughs> if anybody's out there and your you don't your spouses were in boot camp and got a um a handbook to say when you get married because they were told like if you want to if we the military meant to have you to have a spouse they put it in your your boot camp bag or whatever your your bag that you take and that's what that's always the running joke and it, it's so true so there's not there's not a handbook out there but compass really helps with that and i'm sure the army and the marine corps and you know, the Air mm-hmm. Force all and Coast Guard. Well, Coast Guard spouses are allowed and Marine Corps at Compass. Um, but Army, I'm sure, and Air Force have their own thing as well. But we are running a low on time, and we try to keep it under 45 minutes so our, our peoples don't go, shut up already. <laughs> Not that anybody thinks that because we're super awesome, and why would you think that? Because we are really amazing. But our first question is, what does authenticity mean to you? <clears throat> Authenticity just basically means to me that what I'm doing and what I'm saying are in alignment with what I believe and what values I hold. So just having those two things being congruent um, is authenticity to me. I love that. So how do you make time for (laughs) self-care? This question. (laughs) (laughs) Self-care, the struggle, the self-care struggle for me is so real. It's still something that I'm working on daily, and Megan, your help in your coaching program is really helping me with it. Um, I have to, I'm the person, that I have to write it down or it doesn't happen. So just making sure that I write it down and that I don't cancel it as my first thing to make something with some wiggle room in my schedule throughout the day. Um, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress on that. I always say that your self-care, and I said this to you last night, your self-care should be a meeting with yourself that it's so important that you can't cancel it. It's that that one meeting that you're like, I don't care. I'm not canceling this. Besides if you're sick. I don't think that you should should self-care by resting if you're sick. (laughs) Not (laughs) exercising. But yeah, making time... um, we talked about like, you know, specific days saying these are the days I'm getting in no matter what, because that's the way it's going to happen. Because uh, I often find myself sometimes too going, oh, well, I'm just going to move that like I was supposed to work out before this podcast. And then I was like, oh, I got distracted by the cat. <laughs> and so, Attention deficit. Ooh, fluffy. Yeah, fluffy. So now I have to like after this podcast do it. But I know it would be so easy for me to say, oh, no, I didn't get in my time slot. So I'm not going to do it now. Instead, I'm going to move off something that's maybe not as important. Like I can edit this podcast later. I don't have to edit it right afterwards. Um, so number three is what is your biggest struggles as a modern day woman? Um, oh gosh, my biggest struggle, I, I think is just getting outside of my own head. Um, I'm my own worst enemy in a lot of ways and I am my biggest critic for sure. And I will, um, mentally abuse the crap out of myself. So I just have to be really, really careful with that and, and have the right people in my corner and the right processes and systems and um, things in place to make sure that I don't let it consume me. 
those habits and routines that will stop you mm-hmm. and you stop and say, okay, why am I, why am I doing this to myself? Okay. I need to stop. <laughs> I get texts from Jules all the time. I caught myself saying things I shouldn't in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The actually... negative self-talk. What did you do with that Jules? I told myself to shut up. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did. Last week we sent a message about the podcast and I like sent her the message and about two seconds later I sent another one going, man, you should have just heard what came up in my head when I sent you that message. And she's like, what do you mean? And I started sending her some of the stuff and she's like, how does that look for you? And I went, that's the voice I used to listen to. I told it to go away. She's like, nice job, buddy. <laughs> but it happens all the time now. I hear it and I'm like, no, we don't play that game yeah. anymore. Go you, away. You don't belong in this this head anymore. You need to right? go find your corner yeah. and stay there. <laughs> yeah, but it's nice being able to step back and go, mm-hmm. I see you. Yeah, recognition, <laughs> man, it helps. <laughs> what is right. one tip you have for creating positive relationships? Um, my one tip would just be always come to the plate with a positive mindset and, and come from the place of, we're all just doing the best we can with whatever we've got right now. Um, and just assuming the best of people rather than the worst. I love that. I actually have a five day video series on how to cultivate a positive mindset. So if anybody's interested in that, it's on MeganHallMotivation.com and it's under offerings or freebies or something. You'll find it. It's there. <laughs> it's there. And you can and you can click. And it's literally like five short videos on like these are the, the things that will help you stay positive and cultivate that positive mindset because I struggled with depression like most of my life up until like the last year or so. And those are the things that help me the most. So even when I'm starting to feel my way, like getting sucked back down the dark hole, I'm like, nope, I have these tools. Not going to happen. So what is one motto that you live by? Um, one of my favorite mottos that I live by is believe there's good in the world. Um, I just, I'm one of, you can call me uh, a dreamer or a snowflake or whatever you want to call me. But I truly believe that people are inherently good. Um, there's more good in the world than bad. And um, I just believe that there's more good. So focus on that. I made a post the other day on Facebook that I, I said, I don't believe that people are inherently evil. I think that they truly believe that they're doing good. Like they don't, like even, I'm even going to go to go here. Like even Hitler thought he was doing a good thing. Was he doing a good thing? No. But did he think he was? Yes. He thought that he was doing good by the world by doing what he was doing. And that's the thing is nobody in their head is saying, I'm going to be evil today. Instead, in their head, they think <laughs> they think that they're doing something good. They think they're saving the world or they think they're doing something amazing. They don't actually think that they think they're right and they think they're in the right. And they because they've gotten so warped in their mind that they think, oh, this is an OK thing and this is going to save everybody. But I, I agree with you. I mean, nobody is inherently evil. They don't, they think they're doing a good thing. It's even those mean people on social media. And it's a cycle <laughs> as well. A lot of the time, the cycle, they've got the the fight, flight and freeze problems. And then they've got victim and the persecutor and the I'm going to save the world issues, like in two different cycles. And they can just keep cycling and cycling and they think, you know, I'm doing good and I'm doing good and why aren't you grateful and why aren't you saying thank you and, you know, but I've just done all this work and that victim cycle keeps 
going and it's very hard for some people to break. Mm-hmm. It's when they think that's their normal, that that's what yeah. is the good. I used to spend most of my days in a victim mentality. Like we even talked about Thank this you. on my group uh, my group call last night about how like I would literally, you know, be it's all in the past, all the things I've been through, but I was allowing it to affect my my present by being like, Oh, poor me, I was abused, poor me, I was homeless, poor me, you know, all this stuff. Like I dropped out of college. Now when I talk to people, I'm like, I went to college for financial information analysis and I nine out of ten people don't ask me if I graduated college. They don't really care. Like that's not yeah. their point. You know, and, you know, all that stuff is in the past. It cannot define who I am today. It has to be let go of. I cannot continue to be the victim of these things because when we allow one bad situation or a bad word or one bad person or bad person, I put that in quotations because, you know, we just said, you know, people aren't inherently evil, but maybe they're a bad person to you, maybe not to their best friend. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you allow that one person or one thing to affect you and it may have been something that happened in like five minutes and you're going to spend the next week on that. Like you allowed five minutes of your day to affect your entire week. It makes no sense. Or even somebody that was part of your life for like two years and was awful to you and really like destroyed you as a person to affect the next 30 years of your life. That really doesn't make any sense. You're only hurting yourself. You're not hurting them. You're just hanging on to that. It's got to go. Mm-hmm. Their speaker on the weekend, um, Dr. Erica Steele, was talking about these conscious, subconscious, how we function, how we work, all that sort of stuff. And what you're saying, she actually said, for all the issues that happen to you and the ones that cycle and you seem to keep attracting them, she said the common denominator in all of that is you. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's what you're doing, your actions, how you come to the world, your mentality, where you are with those cycles. She said every single time it's you and what you're choosing to do. I was like, ow. <laughs> it's so true, though. Yes, I'm right. Yeah. And I tell people the first step of stopping that cycle is it, it's noticing that it's happening, and then you got to work on reframing it every time it comes up until eventually yep. the reframe is what you're thinking, and it's no longer that. That's why positive affirmations are a powerful thing. Because even if you don't mm-hmm. believe them in the beginning, you say them enough to yourself, you start to believe it because the, the thoughts that you have in your head, the, if you keep repeating them, eventually you're going to start believing that that's true. I really am an awesome mom. And I do believe that now, even when I yell at my kids. <laughs> so I really, we really enjoyed having you, Casey. Thank you so much for your insight. And I hope that your Yay. story will really resonate with people. I know we talked about a lot about entrepreneurship, but this is good for anybody that's even not an entrepreneur, small business owner, because it shows the different, the different things in your life. You are rebranding because what you had before is no longer serving you. And that's what I really want people to take away is like, sometimes you have to make a change because your current situation, currently what's going on, that's not serving who you are anymore. I was going to say, I took away about change. You know, there are points, like Megan was saying, where you have to pivot. And if you don't pivot, you get stuck and you'll continue to be stuck. So by pivoting and making the change, although it's hard and it will make you cry and mourn sometimes and be difficult at the start, that's really where you need to get going to start moving in the next direction again. It's like slowing a car with brakes to a stop and then having to turn a corner. The start is always slow, but then it will pick up again. Thank you so much, Casey, for coming on our podcast. We really enjoyed having you. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. This was awesome. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Inspired Women Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, write us a review, and share this out with your friends and family. See you next week.